I just want to welcome you all here. I am very privileged to have Zach Schaefer with us, uh, joining us from the very cool 80s podcast, $2 Late Fee, where they review 80s films. They even get actors from the films, all kinds of cool discussions, pop culture references. Zach, I'm sure I'm forgetting something if you want to toss something in there. Man, it's an honor to be on your show. It's, uh, yeah, $2 late fee is ex- everything you said and more. And my gosh, I feel like we're all in good company here. You uh, you run a tight ship with your podcast. And Will and I have known each other for, oh my gosh, well, going on, I want to say seven years now, maybe? No, no, longer than that. But here we are talking about three iconic cars from... Uh, three of our favorite movies, right? And I'm excited to do that. Um, three down to one with an honorable mention. And I, I have to preface this really quick by saying that, um, you know, lists are tricky because if someone says to you, what's your favorite movie of all time? And you say, blah, 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 Back to the Future, for example. Then it's like you're kind of stuck in that rut. I, I, I don't want to be... I think I think like lists evolve over time, right? They can evolve. So I guess the whole reason I bring that up is the, these may be my top three, but that could change a year from now. <laughs> I hear you, man. And I'm so in nerdville with cars. I would say the same for me. My list could change. I was going for iconic, recognizable, some cars that have like quirky little facts thrown in there. Are, are the uh, are the 80s your favorite era for movies? Do you have a favorite era? Definitely 70s, 80s. And there were some films in the 90s that I really liked too. But yeah, I was the kid of the, without belying my actual age, I was born in the early 70s. I was coming up in the 80s. So I have a lot of fond memories. And yeah, of those films for sure. Yeah, I think uh, when, like, the opening to $2 Late Fee says 1978 to 1992, I think it's kind of the era we typically cover because it's not just 80s that I love, and there are movies from the 70s I adore, and there's movies from the 90s I love as well. So, um, and then when it comes to cars, I, I when, when Will and I were kind of going over what the kind of the name or the topic title of this episode would be, I'm like, well, there's one movie, one car I love from the 90s. So can we do like 80s and 90s just in case? <laughs> Should I jump into my number three? Yeah, man, let's rock and roll. Let's okay. let's start those engines. Uh, all right. So my number three pick is the 1957 Ford Fairlane from the 1991 movie, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, starring Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to be the one Higgaboo. <laughs> I actually broke that movie down scene by scene for another podcast I do called Podcasting After Dark. And uh, thank God I could do it for that show because it's it's pretty uh, non-PC, I guess is a nice way to... Uh, non-woke, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they were a long way from waking up in that one. Yeah, and Andrew Dice Clay, you know, besides the fact that he's a very vulgar comedian and has is known for that, the guy is a damn good actor, and um, he's he's really uber talented. And the movie has an as a 
It has a phenomenal cast. It's directed by Rennie Harlan, who's no stranger mm. to action movies. And um, right. the 1957 Ford Fairlane is just a beautiful car, and it's in the title of the movie. So, I mean, that's, yeah. I love it on many levels, but that's just one of the reasons, because I love the movie. It's so much fun, and uh, it's it's got one of those, like, electric... Um, uh, like hardtop roofs. I don't know if they mm, modified mm-hmm. that, but but it's beautiful, man. I was looking at the shot that you sent over, and the profile is just unbelievable, just just gorgeous. The Ford Fairlane's a beautiful car, and it's got a profile like no other. So great pick. Thanks, thanks. I I, I don't have you seen the Adventures of Ford Fairlane? I have. It's been a really long time. I want to say. Now, you probably know what year it was released. I'm, it's escaping me offhand, but I want to say that I watched it in college. Yeah, if you're not, you got to go, so many movies nowadays, you have to go in with not a 2022 lens. I've said this to Dustin, I've said this countless times, so many movies from the 80s and 90s, if, if you want to truly enjoy it, you have to go into it with a, not a, understanding that sensitivity kind of gets thrown out of the window <laughs> and, and uh but there's an iconic scene in the movie where uh david patrick kelly who's a great character actor he's known for um the warriors commando dreamscape uh the crow he's great in the crows actually he drives a really cool car in the crow um you recognize him if you saw him you're like oh i know that guy anyways he plays a stalker uh kind of psychopath and Andrew Dice Clay throws him in the trunk of his Fairlane. So at the, I think towards the end of the movie, the trunk opens up and he's like smushed in there where the, uh, <laughs> where the convertible, uh, the roof goes into, you know, so it's just hilarious. And I think they blow up the car or something like that. What's your number three? My number three is the 1989 Batmobile. Wow. From the first Tim Burton directed Batman film. Wow. That was built on a Chevy Impala chassis with a Chevy 350 V8. Had about 380 horsepower. And it also had a modified 70s Corvette body. So they had a bunch of people working on it. There was a guy named Julian Caldo who did the original sketches. Keith Short, who worked on the body. Not Keith Sweat, and by the way. <laughs> not Keith Sweat. Yeah, he <laughs> might have been, been tempted to sing a song about the car if he had. Who knows? Would have been pretty smooth, I'm sure. Speaking of smooth, this car had a black matte finish on it. And this is one of those super geeked out details. But for the next film, which had Michael Keaton in it, of course, again, and, and that one, I think it was Danny DeVito playing Penguin. They went with a shiny finish uh, on that car. Uh, But the original one in 89 had that matte black finish. I was in high school when that film got released, and that one just holds a special place because Jack was just massive at the time. Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, the whole cast was just just terrific. Oh, yeah. Robert Wool. Oh, Robert, Robert Wool. Wool. Yeah. <laughs> He's I love great. Wool. Yeah, just just yeah. character actors galore and just talent across the board. And then Tim Burton, you, for sure. Nothing more needs to be said. Just super gifted. There was a yeah. funny little thing that they did for the engine of that car. They put this kind of afterburner like device on it to give it that flame when it accelerated. Okay. But the thing, I guess it was somehow tied to 
uh, feature that was tied to the engine, it burned up so much fuel during the actual takes, they could only run it for 15 seconds at a time. Otherwise, they would have just drained the tank if they had run it for a minute or something like that. So, oh, wow. fun fact. But the movie's all the better for it, and the car's all the better for it, except massive flame yeah. effect in the back when it takes off under full acceleration. But I think that's a it's a pretty sweet ride and, and pretty iconic. And Tim Burton starting those those films back up in '89, it was it was the way to go. Just an iconic film, and again, it holds a special place. Yeah, that's a great pick, by the way. That's a really great pick. I I, I uh, most of my well, yeah, actually, that kind of ties into my number two pick. But but yeah, no, I remember seeing Batman. Uh, 89 in 89. And uh, it was like the weekend of my parents uh, getting married or something, my stepdad and my mom. And so I remember going to that movie and then they got married the following day. So I just remember, I think it was like June 23rd or something like that when it came out, maybe it was June 22nd. I forget the exact date close to that though. Uh, Anyways, that car, I remember when it came out and it being so innovative Everything about that movie was innovative for the time because up until that point, we had never seen a Batman movie, a version right. of Batman quite like that on screen. You know, we had only known the the 60s series. So this comes out and it's like, yeah. ooh, this is yeah. dark, you know, and it was dark for its time. You know, people often say like the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman movies are their favorite, but there would be no Christopher Nolan movies if it wasn't for Batman 89. Number two, let's rock and roll into that one. Okay, my number two is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, Again, I covered it on Podcasting After Dark and $2 Late Fee, and I interviewed one of the stars of the movie. Uh, Actually devoted like seven hours to this movie podcast time uh, when, when, I think it was like last year or so you know, 2021. And those are great episodes. You should go check them out if For you sure. get a chance to. Um, this car is a concept car, actually. And it's from the the 1986 movie, Ooh. The Wraith. And it's a Dodge M4S, which was a, it was like a pace car, basically. And they modified it. The shell was, uh, I think, like plastic or fiberglass. And, um, it's a, it's a kick-ass car and the, the, the premise of the movie is, uh, a guy is murdered by a, a gang of, of car pirates. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a perfect movie for your podcast. Um, oh, yeah. car, murdered by car pirates and, um, timeline wise, you're not sure if it's like months later, actually that's answered in the movie. I don't want to spoil too much, but his spirit comes back in the form of a um, otherworldly being called the Wraith. And he drives around in a, in this souped up modified car and races the car pirates and kills them one by one. And he's also Charlie Sheen. So, <laughs> and it's got an amazing soundtrack, an amazing soundtrack. In fact, dare I say one of the most underrated eighties soundtracks of all time which features songs from like Ozzy Osbourne and Stan Bush, the touch from Transformers, the movie, another vehicle movie. Um, mm. And Sherilyn Fenn is in it. Uh, great cast. Uh, Randy, oh, Randy Quaid. 
uh, Clint Howard, and uh, countless other like notable kind of uh, character actors and, and you know people that you would recognize for sure. But the car is really the feature of this film. It's on the cover of the poster, uh, the, the box art for the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. And there's a lot of great cars in the movie. I wanted to own a Dodge Daytona when I saw this movie because there, there's a featured mm. Dodge Daytona. I'm like, that car is so cool. But this concept car is amazing. So that's my number two pick, the Wraith, the Dodge car from it's the a, Wraith. It's a great pick, Zach. And, and those pace cars, as you may know, are no joke. They've got they've to go well over 100, I believe, on the track. And even when they're under yellow. Oh, so really? You get I, I, I have anything no concept with, about pace cars. I, what, so the, I guess they have to keep the pace with the race racers? Yeah, they have to. So slow for something in NASCAR is, is still probably triple digits. Wow. So so the pace car has got to have some chutzpah. It's got to have some get up okay. and go. So any kind of production car that has that pace car DNA and obviously the one for the Wraith was modified further. It's it's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I love that car, and I love the way they made it sound in the film. I think it's uh, I think it's a terrific car and a great pick, and and love the film as well. Oh, cool. I remember liking the soundtrack. I haven't heard it recently, but you mentioning that and and giving it that kind of praise, which I trust more than anything. With your taste and of everything eighties, I want to I want to delve back into that one for you sure. You should. You should. Um... It's actually available on Blu-ray for not that much, and there's a great documentary on there about the car, filming locations. Yeah, its sound reminds me, it's like, well, this is what hybrids sound like in the future, basically. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, very cool. it kind of does, kind of sounds like a Tesla on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to- that's a great way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> It'll even eat the plaid version for breakfast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wraith, man. Yeah, it's a wraith. We don't stand a chance. <laughs> So my number two is the 1979 Lamborghini Countach, the LP400S, from the 1981 film The Cannonball Run. Oh, wow. Nice. And that car was famously driven by actors Adrian Barbeau and Tara Buckman. And as you may remember, that was an all-star cast, including Burt mm-hmm. Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, and Sammy Davis yes. Jr. Did Hal Needham direct that? Hal Needham? I uh, might have. I think he did. Yeah, you might be right about that. Some cool facts about the car. It's so famous that it's now on display at Hold On To Your Hat, the Library of Congress. Really? And it's also in the National Historic Vehicle Register. So it's become like this, yeah, it's become this historic vehicle. One of those film cars that's just kind of risen to another level of just being iconic. Yeah, it's, that design just, I think it premiered in the 70s. I want to say 74, it came out in a car show. Marcello Gandini was the designer. 3.9 3.9 liter V12. It was. It only weighed about 2,800 pounds. That's you know, light. So compared to modern cars, it's yeah. really light. Paolo Stanzini designed the production version. On this particular variant of the car, 0 to 60 was about 5.9 seconds. It topped out at almost 160. Wow. But for 1979, that was still getting up and going. Some of the, the mid-80s That's versions really of the Countach were going 185. That car is beautiful. Beautiful, right? And I had a poster of that one in my room for a long time. 
So that was, yeah, that was, that was a treat. I love that car. If you remember the film, Adrian Barbeau and Tara Buckman, their characters, they try to put one over on a highway trooper, but it doesn't quite work because he's one of them. <laughs> so, but I, yeah, the car is amazing and I've always loved it. And the film is hilarious. <laughs> you know, right. going back to something you were saying earlier, you can, you can take all the, the PC stuff and you're going to have to kind of push that aside when you watch that film because it was made in a different era, but if you can just be in the moment, it's hilarious. You really have to. Yeah, that scene you're speaking specifically of with all the actors involved is a, is a fun little gif online. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. I mean, like, that's, that's the Abbott and Costello of, um, you know, the 70s, basically. Yeah. Like early 80s. Yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> you know... Yeah. That's a great pick. I think I had, I had, was it, it might have been Cannibal Run Part 2 with, um, his name is escaping me now, but he's the, the guy in MASH that, um, that would dress up in, as a woman, uh, or wear women's clothing, like, um, but he plays like a, you know, but he can't do it now because it's not politically correct, but I think in Part 2 he plays like a Middle Eastern, um, driver, and he's got a white I feel like it was a white Ferrari or something like that, or Fiero maybe, I forget. But anyways, I think I had that red, Corv- uh, the red uh, Ferrari because they like released all the cars. Ertl, do you remember Ertl? The, the, it was like the rival to uh, Matchbox, E-R-T-L. They released Cannonball Run cars. Their cars, and I actually have a Smoking the Bandit Bandit car still from that from that time. Um, the, they were not built as well. The, the, like the little pin rod that held the, the wheels together was way more, uh, it was thinner than the uh, matchbox cars and hot wheels, I think. So it would bend really easily. And then, you know, obviously once the wheels are bent on a toy car, forget about it. It's like, it, it just wobbles and it, you know, just looks good on a shelf basically <laughs> at that point. Let's practice ramming it into a wall. See how that goes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love those cars, but Ertl actually released a bunch of uh, movie tie-in and TV tie-in cars. They did that for um, Hardcastle and McCormick. Sure. Another great, like, we'll have to do a TV episode of cars. Um, yeah. I think sure. Magnum PI they might have done one for, and uh, a few others. But anyways, gosh, yeah, Cannibal Run is just, that's a fun movie. It really it's is. So, it, yeah. It's Yeah, it's so hard. It's like, it's really... Politically correct stuff aside, it's so harmless in its overall execution, you know. And yeah. and I love those big. I love movies with a huge cast of, you know. This is way before Infinity Wars, guys, and all the Marvel stuff now that basically gets every actor assembled. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yep. And uh, I might have left off a of mad in there, but um, Poseidon. Yeah, Poseidon Adventure, yeah. great. Like, yeah, those big budget, the Irwin Allen disaster movies, yeah. Towering Inferno yeah, yeah. is another good one. Earthquake, mm-hmm. uh, Airport 71, I think, or just, maybe it's just called Airport. Uh, anyways, all those movies, uh, Cannibal Run is is up there with them. Is like, if you want to see a time capsule movie of like people that were considered the, the cream of the crop yeah. uh, for their time, check out Cannibal Run. And great pick, dude. Thanks, man. I thought Sammy Davis Jr. was a real standout in that film too. I oh, think of he course. was. I think he was driving a Ferrari Daytona, which is now one of those 
million dollar Ferraris. So this Lamborghini, the 79 Countach, is in the Library of Congress in D.C. on display. Yeah. And it's also in the National Historic Vehicle Register. So other kinds of cars that might be in that historical register would be like the cars that Preston Tucker made. I think he made a total of 52. And that's that's another car that I really love and another movie I would really talk about, love to talk about oh, at some yeah. point. And Bridges great was great. Movie. Jeff Bridges was outstanding as Preston Tucker. I know uh, actually a friend of mine, a friend of my wife, Kristen, uh, her, uh, his, uh, his wife is a descendant of the Tucker family. They live in Michigan. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. I'd love to interview her or them at some point. We might have to make that happen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What an innovator and an original and not scared to take on the big three and made a better car than any of them were at the time. A way better car. Oh, yeah. 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 Way ahead of its time. As, as uh, my, I, my family, and it's interesting, I don't think I ever revealed this to you, but my family on my dad's side... And I have so many uncles that worked for Chrysler, Chevy, Ford, all those big. Uh, I grew up in Michigan, you know. I was born in Detroit, right, right. so um, so so many of my family members worked in the car industry. So I just realized I'm like, did I talk to you about this? Because if I didn't, it makes even more sense while I'm on your show. I love that. You might, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you mentioned Detroit. I. Can't remember the part about family working in the auto industry, but that's such a cool connection. And yeah, I'd love to chat more about that. Detroit, man. Yeah. Motor, Detroit, Motor City. Motor City. Um, man, so I, now I want to go back and watch Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run Part 2. There you go. We've all got our <laughs> respective homework, and I got to go back and watch Ford Fairlane, and I definitely want to go back and watch Wraith for sure. Well, the next two movies... My, so... My next pick will be my runner-up. Well, not runner-up, but honorable mention before my number nice. one. Because I really want to save... My number one is my true number one. Like, it will always be my number one. Right. And I'll go into that later. But um, you, you might... You don't necessarily have... Well, you can watch this movie. You just got to go into it, like... Uh, get ready to be disappointed at times. Because it's not as truly as cool as I think, um, you know, people... Presented to be right uh, I, on 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 two dollar late fee. We we say uh, nostalgia is one hell of a drug. Yeah, because you oftentimes idealize these movies from the eighties. That if you if you revisit them, they're not as good as you maybe remember them to be. Yeah, well, we mentioned Condor Man the other night when we were talking. <laughs> For me, that walked on water as a kid, and then. When I revisited it not too long ago, I was like, uh. <laughs> it's 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 very cheeseball. And there maybe there's a reason why it's not available on like DVD or, or you know, Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah. Still love the cars. I mean, Condor Man's like they Disney missed the boat on um, capitalizing marketing off of that because they could have released, a you know, some to a toy line. And I think it would have been really well, really well received. All right. So before I get into my number one pick, you'll share, I'll share my honorable mention. You'll share your honorable mention, right? Is that what we're going to do? Okay, cool. So my honorable mention, and, and, and just so everyone listening is not like, well, you didn't include the DeLorean, man. Like these are just our personal choices. And, and yeah, I love the DeLorean, but is it in my, is it in my personal top three? 
No. Is it in my personal top five? Probably, but, you know, come on. It's, it's like you don't have to. Back to the Future does not have to be on everybody's best of list for everything 80s. It doesn't. It just doesn't, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but my my number my honorable mention is the 1950 uh, Mercury uh, from 1986's Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone, and it's it's just a oh it's just a beautiful cool car. Stallone is cool, even though he cuts his pizza. Well, actually, cutting your pizza with scissors apparently is like a thing, right? Uh, um, like an Italian thing, but he cuts them with like, you know, his little, little kid scissors. I'm joking. They're not little kid scissors, but anyways, uh, he, he's got a matchstick in his mouth all the time. And he's got a little necklace around his neck with his big aviator glasses and his bulging muscles. And he's looking cool. And, um, the movie is cheese, uh, upon cheese. If you want to have a fun, like kind of laughable action movie night, um, but it stars Stallone, Brigitte Nielsen, Brian Thompson as one of the creepiest villains of all time. I think he, as the Ripper, I think is his character. Uh, but man, this, his car, Cobra's car is beautiful. I think it's probably souped up and modified or whatever, but there's at one point he's either like driving it backwards or he does like this cool, like reverse, uh, spin in the car. It's just so cool looking and the sound of it. It's a good old, old school roadster. Uh, reminds me a little bit of the car Dennis Wilson and James Taylor drove in Tulane Blacktop, another great movie. By the way, if you love cars, you got to see that. Um, and I love it. It's it's not a huge part of the movie, but it's definitely iconic for the action hero that is Sylvester Stallone in Cobra. What are your thoughts? Very cool pick. I've always loved Mercury's. I'm familiar with the car that, that you're talking about. And every time I go to a car show or if I happen to go to a museum and they've got one of those older, especially 50s Mercury's, they're some of the most beautiful cars on display. And they have this, this it's like this perfect combination of grace and just beautiful body lines, but also this toughness too. Yeah, yeah, so that's a great this, way to describe it. Yeah, beautiful hybrid of just grace and, and toughness. So yeah, great pick. Absolutely. There, you've you've uh, you've documented on at least on your Instagram that some of the car museum pictures you've taken, um, and there's a great. Will and I both live in Los Angeles, and there's a great um, car museum in El Segundo that sure I actually yeah. kind of prefer over at least pre-COVID. You used to be able to get in the cars and toggle the switches and whatnot and they let you do all that stuff that place had some re- has some really cool cars there yeah names escaping me right now but yeah the little car museum in, in el segundo is terrific the peterson's great too that's forge uh fairfax district beautiful iconic museum has so much to look at I- but um, yeah if you want just like a quick trip and you're not able to get down to fairfax district that yeah that that museum is Terrific, outstanding, and you can get in the cars. They're they're back open now, and unless the car is super super valuable or really really old, those ones some of them oh, are locked up. But many of them, you yeah, you can sit in and just kind of absorb their their aura. That's cool. So they they do they did a Hot Wheels event back in the day where they'd have like life size Hot Wheel cars, and then because Mattel's right next to it, the Mattel factory, and um, they would give away all these matchbox cars, right? Or Hot Wheels cars. Yeah. And I remember one of the first cars my son Bodie got was a Mercury uh, car. 
and but it, had, it was like blue with decked out flames. But I was like, this looks like the the car from Cobra. And he was two at the time. Nice. I had no idea what I was talking about. So, <laughs> what's your honorable mentional pick? Honorable mentional? <laughs> sure. <laughs> My honorable mentional. Yeah. Hey, we use all kinds of words here when we're excited. It's all good. So I chose the 1993 Vector W8 Twin Turbo from the 1993 film Rising Sun with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes and Tia Carrere. And Kerry Hiroki Tagawa. Yeah, yeah. Great, great cast. Definitely not one for kids, just putting that out there. Not a kid's movie. <laughs> no, definitely but not. Out of all of these, it's probably, well, that and Cobra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our so honorable that's, picks are not for kids. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's intense. But the car yeah. is a super limited aerospace engineered car by Gerald Weigert, who is from the States and went to art center and designed all these really cool cars Wow! and wanted to make these cars, the end all be all that would defeat all other cars in the exotics category. So this thing had a six liter Rodic engine. It was a twin turbo V8. It had a three speed automatic because the engine was putting out so much horsepower. They couldn't find a manual transmission at the time that could handle it. Okay. And it only weighed 3,300 pounds because they used things like carbon fiber, Kevlar, all these exotic materials to make it strong, but also really light. Wow. So, and this is in the 90s. This was running 0 to 60 in 4.2 seconds. Lightning quick for the time. And the top speed was never confirmed. They never actually tested it. But when Road and Track did their test, they were really impressed with the car and they theorized based on gear ratios that could actually go about 218 miles an hour wow. top end. Wow. And a uh, red version of that car was used in kind of a getaway scene in Rising Sun. It just looks like this futuristic wedge from, let's say, 100 years from now. Yeah. It's got this really cool, almost like a lotus, just slammed and angular and has its own unique look, and it's all-American supercar. They only made, I think, 17 or 18, so they're super rare cars. And back in the mid-'90s, when I was a film student, I got a chance to shoot a prototype called the Avtec, the Vector Avtec, and this was something, this was a car that they wanted to build, and then they had that one prototype, we got to go and shoot it for part of a student film, and then the company sadly went into receivership, and there was a whole kind of legal saga after that. Hmm. Mr. Weigert himself recently passed away, but very inspiring story and a visionary. There's a silver example. Speaking of the Peterson Museum, there's a silver example of the W8 Twin Turbo currently on display. Oh, cool. So okay. The same car from Rising Sun, but just different color. Wow. So not the exact car, but a really, really cool car and, and super rare, like I said. Yeah, I saw that so. movie in the theater. Um, uh, I forget who... It wasn't Michael Crichton who wrote the... It's not based on a Michael Crichton book, but there was like a popular 
author. Maybe John Grisham at the time was the author of the book because I think it's based on a book, uh, Rising Sun. And uh, I, I had um, a, a martial artist on my show earlier this year named Don the Dragon Wilson. He's been mm, in mm-hmm. uh, countless uh, martial art movies in the 90s and early 2000s and uh, toe dipping in the 80s a little bit. Great guy, sure. great guest. You can check out that interview on actually on our YouTube channel too. Uh, but he, in that interview, discussed that he was originally supposed to play the Kerry Hirioka Tagawa role in Rising Sun. Oh, um, he was wow. up for that role, and he, you know, was somewhat disappointed that he didn't that he ended up not taking it. Um, but right. man, Wesley Snipes was on fire at the time, and Sean Connery oh, yeah. was on fire at the time. Uh, kind of fish out of water, so you know, uh, buddy cop movie in a sense, but like a little darker. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really dig that, and that's a deep cut, man. That's a very deep cut for your honorable <laughs> pension. Like, I don't think most people would even consider that movie. That's very cool. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was just because I had this experience, and I was very fortunate to be able to work with them. Yeah. I, it kind of holds another a special place, just like some of these other cars. So yeah, yeah. wow. Well, then I'm curious to see what your number one is. Then, if that was your honorable mention, so. Oh well, I guarantee you're going to get a good chuckle out of the number one for I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to be like, it's the DeLorean <laughs> from Back to the Future. <laughs> it might be, and if not, if it is, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Who knows? Um, oh, my gosh. number one, my final pick. It has a very uh, has a very warm place in my heart as well. Um, I, I, I idealized this car. I wanted this car as a kid. I still would want this car as an adult. Something about it, just everything about it, it epitomizes uh, what I think cool cars are supposed to be. And it is a 1971 Plymouth Barracuda from the 19... Well, okay, this is a little interesting. It's from the... I chose the 1988 film Phantasm II, but it originally premiered in the 1979 original Phantasm One. Um, if you've ne- if you're not familiar with Phantasm One or Two, uh, Three is pretty good. You can stop after that one. There, there's like four or five out there. They're not that great. Um, it's it's a it's a shame because the premise of the movie is amazing. It's 100% original. It is about this kid named Mike and his brother, um, Jody, and they happen upon their, their friend dies mysteriously in a cemetery one night. And then, um, the course of events that follow are a fever dream. There are little Jawa looking, uh, dwarves from another dimension. There's a guy iconically named the tall man played by Angus Scrim who haunts them and stalks them, and he uses a silver sphere that in Phantasm Two is upgraded, just like everything in Phantasm, it's upgraded in Part Two, uh, to have more than just these little hooks that will like lodge into your head, and there's a drill in there too, but in the second one, Part Two, there's like a flamethrower, and a circular saw, and all this other crazy stuff, laser. Um, Phantasm Two is like the aliens of of, uh, of horror sequels, in my opinion, it like upgrades everything. And, uh, and then Phantasm two, Mike is now older uh, played by James LeGros, who's a great actor, James LeGros. And he's aided by his, uh, kind of buddy slash surrogate uncle, 
Reggie, played by Reggie Bannister, and who's like a cool hippie dude who carries a four-barrel shotgun. <laughs> and um, they drive this Hemi-Cuda. Well, yeah, so this, this Hemi, this Barracuda was made to look like a Hemi-Cuda, and they actually call it the Hemi-Cuda in the movie. Um, in one scene of the original Phantasm 79 uh, on the hood, you see a designation of a, this is kind of like foreign to me. So you can help me out. It's a 446 on the hood indicating that the, uh, the 440 had a six pack, three, two barrel carburetors. Um, the intention of this car was to give the, the, the two leads, um, Jody and, and Mike played by, uh, Jody was played by Bill Thornbury and Mike was played by My- a Michael Baldwin. There was like a means of bonding for these two. In fact, Michael, uh, who was only 14 at the time, like that he learned to drive in this car and the car is, it becomes, uh, a part of, it's a part of the, the it's a character in the movie. And it 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 goes through many variations. Uh, in in part two, something happens to it that breaks my heart. <laughs> I won't tell what it is. Um, Phantasm two is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Oh, by the way, this is a horror film, so you know and it's rated R, so you don't want to show this to kids. Um, it's very dark, but it's very like it's just totally original. It's totally original, and uh, yeah, the Hemi Cuda. It's black. It's, it's one of those, it's a muscle car. Uh, the director, Don Coscarelli, I think may or may not, I think he still owns like one of the original versions of the, the Barracuda, Hemicuda, who, and he'll bring it. He brought it to the Santa Monica Aero Theater once for a screening of uh, Phantasm back in the day. So anyways, I love this car. I could talk more about it endlessly, but I want to hear your thoughts on this car, the movie series. Have you seen it? Whatever. I'm familiar with Phantasm. I need to get educated. I haven't seen any of them. But just because of the car, I may have to. And I'm sure there'll be other other reasons to watch it as well. But the Kudas are, they're legendary. These are the kinds of cars that when they cross the auction block now, they're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. Really? Especially the Hemis. The, the 426 Hemis had the hemispherical, if I'm saying that correctly, combustion chambers and just made a ton of horsepower. I think the published oh, cool. figures were 425, but they were probably underrated like a lot of the cars were at that time. The muscle car era was really going through the late 60s when those muscle cars just had just enough power to move a, an aircraft carrier, basically. <laughs> so that's why those cars were so quick. But... Yeah, the 440 is still no slouch. It's a gigantic, big block, over seven liters monster, and they sound like no other. And a lot of Mopar and Dodge, uh, Plymouth, where the Cudas came in, those cars were just crushing everything else at the drag strip. They were just super quick. Maybe not everything, but a lot. They won a lot of races, and they sound great, and they look amazing. And it's a great film car, just a great a great pick and a great film car. And they've got a really tough look. Just that's why they fetch the dollars they do these days. Would you say it's like a rival to the, the 68 Camaro? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Chevy did things to their Camaro 
You could get a really rare one called a Yanko Camaro, Y-E-N-K-O, okay. and it, and there's a dealership connection there too. And if you were pretty savvy and in the know, you could order cars that had really, really potent engines, and they could kind of take uh, take on all comers, but they were pretty pricey packages. This was when cars were... If you bought a top-of-the-line muscle car and you were paying over five grand, that was a ton of money back then. Yeah. Some of these engine options alone were like 1800 bucks, so that's, that's wow. huge. But some people yeah, did it, sure. and now they've got million-dollar cars, so they've hung on to them. <laughs> I would have hung on to this. I would never let it go if I had it. For so. sure. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, that's my number one. What's your number one? That is your number one. This is going to give everybody a nice belly laugh. Mine is the 1981 DeLorean oh. DMC-12. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs> From the 1985 original Back to the Future. Although the car in various... Good it's variance. iconic. It's yeah. iconic. Iconic car starred in the other two films as well. And just was a, a one-of-a-kind and striking car. It had the gullwing doors, the brushed stainless steel body panels. Yep. It was designed by Giorgetto Giugiaro. But it had some things that were really quirky. It's iconic, but it had its issues. It was famously rejected. I believe Johnny Carson called John DeLorean himself because Johnny's, he was one of the first people to take delivery and his kept breaking down. Okay. So they did not start off with a very positive reputation. I don't know if you watch Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. I do, yeah. But if you check out the DeLorean episode, I think because of mechanical issues and breaking down, they end up having to use three different cars for the show. Oh, really? And some are sent away on flatbeds. So <laughs> not wow, exactly the best that. showing one could ask for. So it did have an interesting kind of a thing going on with it. It had an engine that was made by no less than three manufacturers. I think it was Peugeot, Renault, so two French companies, and Volvo worked on this engine. It was a 2.85 liter V6, about 130 horsepower. And the car weighed... Renault, and Volvo. Yeah, yeah. So PRV engine. Nice. And the car, the quickest acceleration time I saw for it was 8.8 seconds to 60 which okay. isn't exactly tearing up the tarmac either but back 8. then 8. or by today's standards. And I've even 8. heard 8. factors as high as 9.5 and then over 10 for the automatic. They had a five-speed manual and an automatic. They did, they did make, or there are some twin turbo versions, which actually are quite quick. I don't have the exact stats for those, but they're super rare. And if you get your hands on one, it's instant collectible. But those are, I think it's safe to say those are probably high six-figure cars if you get your hand on a, a twin-turbo DeLorean. Wow. The one thing that you can see DeLorean-wise over at the Peterson right now, they made three cars that were plated in 24-karat gold. 
And it was a special thing that they did with American Express because American Express came out with its gold card. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, with DeLorean, did these three 24-karat gold DeLoreans. And they have one of them at the Peterson right now. And it's, yeah, it's the OG, man. That thing shines. So check that out. But... I'm sure many people are familiar with Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and directed by Robert Zemeckis. So many talented people in that film. I know I've left some names out, but just everybody in it is is terrific. And the car is just, it really wouldn't be the same film without it. I thought that was a I mean, good pick. I love, I love, so, so everyone who was like, eh, this better be on your list. Well, it is, it's on Will's list. So, <laughs> and, and, and it would have been on Dustin's list. If, if Dustin was on with me right now, it would have been on his list for sure. Cause I think back to the future is one of his all time favorite movies. Nice. Um, but, but I was just talking about the DeLorean car the other day with Dustin. We recorded an episode, an upcoming episode of our podcast, um, uh, about 1981's Michael Mann's Thief mm. from 1981, starring James Caan. Yeah. Great movie, yeah. by the way. If you've never seen it, highly recommend it. Uh, and then listen to our podcast. Anyways, um, 81 was the year the DeLorean came out. And I remember, uh, I, I talk a little bit about it in the episode, but I remember there's a documentary out, I think, now called Framing John DeLorean. Yeah. Uh, it came out in 2018. Uh-huh. I feel like there was a movie that came out too, uh, like a biopic type movie that was not very good um, from what I heard. There's a movie that recently came out and the actor who played DeLorean, his name is not coming to mind right now. Yeah. But there was someone who worked, there was a character who worked with him and that character is played by Jason Sudeikis. And I thought, he did a really good job in the yes, film. Like his, his right. acting was what stood out for me. And it was an interesting character that he played because he kind of got wrapped into everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, really interesting. There's a lot saga. of controversy around. I, I, I know that my mom used to like, I remember she would say, Oh, you know, the big, the big three don't want DeLorean. Uh, that that car doing anything so there was always the the rumors of like did they sabotage the car did they do things on purpose to for it to break down so that when it came out uh i mean I, it's all speculative i don't know right so. right who who knows i mean it's all possible look what happened to tucker right all those yep. years before and the cars were built well off site built in another country they were built in ireland oh really so obviously John could go over or his his team could go over and check on them and check on construction as I'm sure they did on a regular basis but maybe things happened when they weren't there that involved some kind of a sabotage who knows There's a great movie from the I think it's the 70s I think it's the 70s it's called Blue Collar It stars um, Richard Pryor, Harvey Keitel and Yafet Kodo and it's their blue collar uh, workers on the assembly line in Detroit. And they get caught up with like wanting to rob the bank or something. Uh, anyways, you know, it ends up turning into like a kind of a heist type film wow. um, with a, it's very dark. Uh, I believe, I feel like Paul Schrader might've wrote it. I'm not positive. Hmm. Um, blanking a little bit. Anyways, cool. worth checking out. And just the, the automotive industry and how kind of, dark 
yeah. the, some of the secrets are behind things and the way things go politically. It's very controversial. So uh, isn't, there, isn't the DeLorean coming back out? I've seen concept sketches. It looks like it's obviously different ownership, but able to use the name. So legal rights have been obtained or whatnot. And there are some concept drawings out there. Maybe they have a running prototype for an electric version of the DeLorean, oh, which actually looks really cool. Want. I've seen some shots of the exterior Want to it. interior. I think projected pricing is going to be not for the faint of heart, at least 150 K something like that. But oh, it looks, yeah. it looks amazing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's and cool. it'll sell. Well, I think it's perfect that this, this car is your number one because it is, it's probably, it is the most iconic car of the eighties. It really is. It really is. Um, I tend to go deeper in a, in a, slightly off kilter direction with my top lists where people go, that's your number one. Um, <laughs> so I think this is a perfect compliment of me being on your show to, you know, d- d- describe uh, a couple. Well, I mean, you had some deep, deep cuts as well, but I mean, the, the, the DeLorean is the number one is, is that's perfect. Chef's kiss, if you will. <laughs> I really appreciate your picks because first of all I've I've always been in love well I've been in love with the Cuda for a really long time. I love all the old Fords like the Fairlane. The Wraith is one of my favorite film cars of all time. So I think I think your picks are oh, great. I think the DeLorean's just been ingrained in the mind because of the recent visit to the Peterson, going to see the gold-plated one. Once you see that, it's it's just so bright I, I and shiny. I want to like, go to the Peterson now just it? to see that car. Oh, man. I have to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Take your son if you can. He'll be blown yeah. away. Just, yeah, I, I think it's it's just in there. I just, when, it, when I was thinking about film cars, it just popped in the mind. But I think cars, one of the things that's great about them, and films, really, and music, too, there's this subjectivity. And I think that... Yes. It's great hearing about some of these picks. Like with the Vector, that was definitely me taking a side exit before getting to the destination, so to speak. So I think those kinds of picks no are doubt. great. And I'm glad that you ha- that you threw those in there. And I think we both have them. We both have some kind of some some choices that are off the beaten path. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm sure somewhere in the world, someone's a fan of the uh, Oldsmobile or whatever that was in Uncle Buck. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we, I'm glad you didn't choose yeah. the uh, the family truckster from National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's an <laughs> abomination. Even even for a station wagon, that's just beyond. Maybe ugly. we should do we should do a list where we're like the worst cars. The worst cars, because that would yeah. be on it. Yeah, we could do that. That it would have, that be. would be in there. I think that that could qualify. You know, there was that expression that's just really not okay for people, but I think for cars, it could it could work. And that's you ain't but ugly, <laughs> but you're ugly. <laughs> that's funny. I think family truckster deserves. Oh that yeah, no one, doubt, personally. no doubt. I mean, there's some. You know, you, th- yeah. this could this could be an ongoing series. You can go like. Uh, could do even more like deep cuts uh top five sci-fi sure. or top yeah. three sci-fi cars or you know whatever so um uh are you familiar yeah. with a movie called black and moon rising have you heard of that movie i know the title i can't 
remember if I've seen it. I don't think movie, I've seen it. Uh, it's written by John Carpenter. I think John Carpenter's got a thing for cars because he Ooh. also directed Christine. I'm surprised that didn't show up on either oh, of yeah. our lists. It almost did on mine. Um, but it, the car, it's Tommy Lee Jones and Linda Hamilton from Terminator fame, uh, features a very cool uh-huh. car in that as well. So, um, guys should check that out. Mm. Black, Black Moon, Moon Rising. Rising. Yep. It's, it's, it's right. cheesy, but the car is cool. So. Yeah. No, and no connection to Fogarty and no. Bad Moon Rising. And, and not, not the, not the iconic car that the dude drives in, um, Big Lebowski's. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show. This has been, really been a lot of fun. Absolutely, Zach. I would definitely do this again. One thing really quickly, you, Zach, are the whole reason behind why I even got into podcasting. I think we were just, I was going stir crazy summer of 2020 oh. and I wanted to put something creative together and needed some direction and motivation and you provided both including some technical tips. So thank you again from the heart, man. It means, means a lot. <laughs> well, I'm happy to oblige, Will. It's, it's, uh, you're, you've, got, you've got a really cool, uh, your depth of knowledge on this subject is, is very impressive. So um, you're putting it to good use. I'm glad you're doing it because you're, I'm sure your listeners appreciate it and uh, your future listeners will appreciate it too. Thank you, man. Yeah, I also want to give a huge shout out to $2 Late Fee. And you guys are, you're everywhere, right? You're, you're on YouTube, you're on Instagram, anywhere else we people can everywhere. find you? Yeah, we're everywhere. We're Instagram, Facebook, $2LateFee.com is our website. Uh, YouTube, just to search $2 Late Fee, T-W-O, and you'll find us. Yeah, we're everywhere. And our tagline is, the good guys always win even in the 80s. And if you know what movie that's from, it's got some great vehicles in it too. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to look it up. I'll leave it on that note. Yes. Oh, and and I'll quote Damone. Wherever you are, that's the place to be. Cars, music, movies, fans, $2 late fee fans, listeners, thank you for being with us. This is Will and Zach signing off. Hello, everyone. This is Will with a quick update. I want to let you know that an all-electric DeLorean concept car did recently make its debut at the Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance. For those of you visiting Los Angeles, don't forget to visit the Peterson Automotive Museum, located in Mid-Wilshire, and the Zimmerman Museum, as mentioned earlier, in El Segundo, where you can sit in some of their cars. Music fans can go and check out the Grammy Museum downtown, and film fans should definitely stop by the Academy Museum in Hollywood, but you might want to go online and get those tickets in advance. Once again, thanks for joining us. This is Will with Cars, Music, and Movies, signing off.